At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lovacure, the World Messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. Today, we have an icon here in the studio sharing his story and how he is going through major challenges currently, but how he was supporting others all his life. And now what he has to offer is amazing unwavering grit uh, that he exhibited way when I came to United States as immigrant and could not understand much of English, but he was constantly committing to sports. And I learned some uh, language and jargons and understanding of American football from him. And I also learned so much more what it takes to be a tremendous human and successful, not only his craft as a broadcaster, but also uh, supporting so many organizations, really putting board in where he really passionately believed in education and also helping fellow men that are enduring uh, challenges and difficulties. So without, obviously, did I mention, did I mention to say published author as well, uh, and so much more. So I guess without any further ado, guys, I'm going to have you to speak to Mark McIntosh. Hi, Mark. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, and I want to hire you as my agent. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I I'll forgot probably 90% of things, but that's... <laughs> Thank you, Isabel. That's very kind of you. And um, I, I don't know what to say. I think I'll just wait for you to ask me a question. I, that, that was a wonderful in intro. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I just want to say it's, so in, it's such a joy for me to have this opportunity to bring you on the Legacy Leader Show because you are a living legend. You mm -hmm. already lived and led and left so much, uh, not only current time, but for decades and generations to come, how you might much impact the sports arena, Colorado itself, and so many people that can truly attest to that. But you are not stopping anytime soon. You keep going and you keep helping in so many different ways. Um, so Mark, before we depict what's going on in current time, do you mind sharing everybody when and how did you start it as a broadcaster? Okay, I, uh, uh, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, but I grew up an athlete. I grew up in suburban Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, sports was all I ever thought about. And I used to cut the cover of Sports Illustrated off and put it up on my bedroom wall because I dreamed that someday I'm going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated and I was very fortunate I was I was a, a good athlete growing up and by the time I was a senior in high school I was a three-sport high school all-American in football basketball baseball and, uh, I take you back to February of 1976 that's when I graduated from high school I had just signed a letter of intent to play football and baseball at the University of Missouri was playing basketball on one of the best teams in the state. And then in June of 76, I was projected to be an early round selection in the amateur baseball draft. I was a center fielder, what they call a five-tool player. I could run, I could throw, 
I could feel, I could hit, and I could hit with power. So athletics was my future. I'm running down the floor in a high school basketball game, and I accidentally got poked in the eye. And it, an emergency room doc friend of mine explained that when I got poked in the eye, my eyeball kind of went back in my brain and hit a nerve, which led to a rapid drop in blood pressure. So I fainted and boom, I went down on my whole upper left side. And I don't remember anything after that. I was laying there in a pool of blood, blood's pouring out of my left ear. I was in seizure. They had stopped the game, throw me in the back of an ambulance, rushed me out to the hospital to save my life. I had fractured my skull, suffered a severe concussion, broke all the bones in my middle ear that control your equilibrium and depth perception. So I couldn't judge fly balls anymore. When I went down, I tore up all the rotator cuff muscles in my left shoulder. I'm left-handed. I couldn't throw anymore. And I'm deaf in my left ear from bam, hitting the floor. Athletic career is over. I go to the University of Missouri. They honored my scholarship. I'm very grateful for that, but I couldn't play. So I was, I was 17 years old and my life just turned upside down. You know, I, I had all my eggs in one basket. I was an athlete and I struggled with that at Mizzou because I had lost my identity. I was a jock. I had a future and it was gone. By the time I was a senior, Isabella at Mizzou as an undergrad, I was lost and I was doing way too much drinking, recreational drugging and womanizing. I, Cause I, I was drowning in my sorrows. I kind of said, if I can't be the best athlete, I'm going to be the best part here. <laughs> and I, I gave it the good old college try, but I, I was lost. So I staggered my way out of undergrad only through God's grace and mercy. I never got a DUI. You know, I never hit anything, never hurt anybody. Haven't had anybody knock on my door saying you're my father, anything like that, you know, but I, I'm in my early twenties and I had no idea what I want to do because I'm just lost. You know, I, my identity was as an athlete and that was gone. And so I tried sales, variety of sales. And then I ended up, I was living here in Denver. I was like 25 and I was watching Ron Zapolo. Some people maybe that are watching this, they don't remember that name. Ron was the main sports guy for channel four back in the early eighties. And yes. I just was sitting on my couch feeling sorry for myself, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I was watching him do a, a, a live shot from the Broncos locker room, John Elway's rookie year. And I said, an epiphany, I want to do what he's doing. I want to be a sportscaster like Ron Zapolo. So I went back to the University of Missouri, got my master's in journalism and began my sportscasting career. And which led me to South Texas for a couple of years in Channel 4 in Denver, where Ron still worked hired me. And I told him, you're the reason I'm in this business. He's like, oh yeah, whatever. I said, no, seriously. Yeah. And then, you know, so I, I was a sportscaster channel four for 20 years, traveled the world on somebody else's dime to cover all the great sporting events. And, and that was wonderful. But then that, uh, the television business has changed and middle-aged dudes like me, you know, they, they like to kick us to the curb, you know, and because the TV business has changed. And uh, and so then I started uh, just kind of looking around as to how how can I serve others? And uh, that's what led to a stronger chord. And then that's led to some educational stuff. And and now, you know, there's rare bone marrow disease I got. You know, I just kind of 
ever since my television career began to be more freelance type stuff, I've started my own company. It's called Victory Productions. And it's all about, you know, helping people that, that get poked in the eye, whether it's an injury. I've been through two painful divorces. I have a child from each marriage, fought hard to keep both marriages together. But if the other person doesn't want to be married to, there's not much you can do about it. I'm married for the third time to a wonderful lady, third time's the charm. Uh, I've been through the layoffs in the TV business, and now I'm battling this rare bone marrow disorder. So kind of my whole message through Victory Productions, the company that I, I run, is that life will poke you in the eye. But the mm -hmm. question becomes... What, what, what a metaphor, essentially. Yeah, what, what, are you, what are you going to do with it? Just like you, Isabella, with, you come from a war-torn country. You come to America. You don't know anybody. <laughs> you're watching American sports and you know I, I'm honored to think that maybe I helped you learn how to speak English but um, you know I just I just think that um, you know I, you know I, I'm not a religious guy but I'm a spiritual guy and I just kind of think that uh, I'm being called to do this kind of work to encourage others because we all get poked in the eye right everybody's got something Yes, that is so true. And that is literally and metaphorically true to so many people because it's all about attitude and you seems like no matter what you persevering and bouncing back. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of circle back a few things you already shared, uh, obviously you covered so many events, but before you founded Passion, which you did phenomenally well. And I had again, opportunity to see you in action when you were covering Broncos and other sports, uh, yeah. sports yeah. events here in Colorado. When I immigrated, uh, my uncle was watching all the time. So your name keep popping up on TV all the time. So first of all, it's such a amazing feeling to have this conversation and this opportunity, but it's also great to see how you leverage um, opportunity to rebuild yourself and how many times already and how much you tapped into your amazing strength so for everyone that are dealing with some ways being poked in eye what would you suggest and recommend how to get that attitude that you have and keep going well that's you know if i knew the the definitive answer to that we'd never have to work another day in our life but it i, I think there's a few things that obviously uh, that I, I try to encourage others to embrace. The first is keep a healthy attitude toward change. Um, we all have change. You know, latest for me, I have what? Amyloidosis? What the hell is that? You know, I've never heard of it. Um, we all got something going on. You know, it might be an illness, might be a relationship, might be losing a job child is sick. I mean, you know, it, it, we all have challenges. Um, but the question always becomes, how are we going to deal with those challenges? So I think first be open to this really sucks, but what can I learn from this? You know, and, and then the second thing that I always encourage uh people or groups that I talk to about effectively dealing with change is don't try to do it by yourself. I think so often things happen in our life, especially personal things. And we, especially men, we go into our shell. Uh, you ladies, I, I think I'm not trying to throw a blanket over everybody, but 
women are more inclined to, you know, guys, my house is on fire behind me. How's it going, Mac? Oh, great. Everything's good. You know, we, and so we, you got to realize, don't try to do this by yourself. So you got to reach out and try to seek out like-minded people, positive-minded people, you know, because there's the opposite of that is you can hang around people that all they talk about is all the negative and they can drag you down. But so try to keep an open mind that, okay, what can I learn from this? This, this sucks. I hate this, but what can I learn from it? And then realize I'm not the only one going through this. And so try to reach out and build a network of others that can you can support and they can support you. The third thing that I really try to encourage people and groups to do is to get involved in community service because there's somebody that always has it worse than us. And if we're just sitting around focused on, woe is me, and I can't believe this is happening to me, you know, we can we can let that we can let that kind of, I was going to say overwhelm us or but just dominate our thought process. And, but man, when you go out and you help somebody else, it takes the focus off us. And then the fourth thing that I, you know, there's about 20 things that I could go into, but another real basic tenet of what, uh, you know, our philosophy is, is to, um, you got to have the guts to go for it. You, you, you know, because I think so often we'll have things happen in our life that, that you know, crush our spirit. And, you know, I've, I've, I try and it's not working and I'm never going to, you know, like some people, you know, they go, McIntosh, you know, it took you three times to get it right when it comes to marriages, you know. <laughs> but I think you have to courage, you got to have the courage to keep, you know, your story is so inspiring to me and that, um, that you found within you, and I would suspect you maybe had some people around you saying, Isabel, go for it, go for it, go for it. Um, but you kept dreaming. I think we can, we can quit dreaming. You know, we get knocked down so often we don't want to get back up and you got to get back up. But that's hard to do by yourself. That's why you need the people around you say, McIntosh, get back up. So I mean that that's that's kind of what I would if somebody gave me five minutes to say what's the key, I, I think that's what I have to say. That is so powerful. And again, thank you for sharing because you've been in a driver's seat for so long. And for those ebb and flows and ups and downs, as we said, industries changing, um, completely different narratives and demands and expectations. And then you always somehow find a way to land and land on your two feet and and pivot. Yeah. <laughs> you master pivoting. <laughs> well, you know, as an athlete, I was known to have quick feet. So I guess, you know, that you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, but I was an athlete. You know? But and I think a lot of that is the environment I grew up in. And I grew up in suburban Kansas City. And I was surrounded by great coaches growing up and I was fortunate. I was athletically talented. So I had an opportunity, you know, the coaches wanted me to do well because if I did well, usually the team was doing well. Um, but I had great coaches around me that, that just, I just grew up in a community wherever I went, you're going to get knocked down, but get back up. 
And that's why I think U Sports is such a wonderful, wonderful soup for kids to grow up in because you learn so much about life. Yes. And and we need to me, U Sports would be mandatory for all kids growing up in America because you learn to work well with others. You learn that sometimes you win when you didn't deserve it. Sometimes you lose, but you got to work together. You got to work hard. You got to persevere. I'll get off my soapbox. Yes. No, and people need to hear this because we're hearing from a lot of people who don't have much experience, as I would call it, mileage, and truly have experienced things firsthand. And it's a fortunate, you just said, that sometimes love to share with you a lot of lemons. And a question is, what do you do with that, right? And how do you, do you go into despair? Do you go in self-destruction? Or do you learn better? And when you're young, it's easy. It's easy to think that is the end of the world. And obviously, when you build muscles, when you build that agility and emotionally, mentally, physically, you, you, you continue to pivot and learn that it's a better way. It's it's easier way or it's a smarter way. And all of us, a lot of people don't share when they're down. They just share when they're up. And that is a huge difference because we never think that, that it's possibility to never really be down because it's like what, what they're doing that we don't know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah which is misleading and it's not truly even with athletes some days you perform better than some others some years you win championships some ways you're lucky if you win the game some days you don't really agree with your teammates you don't agree with your coach but you still show up and do the best you can so do you mind sharing before we go into uh obviously what are you battling currently and 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 how others can learn about it and help you obviously learned so much from sports, how to endure in these days. And what was one of those, what would say most instrumental either coach or event that you covered that really gave you a lot of, of those aha moments that you've learned so much um, of where the wisdom in essence comes today? How much time we got? <laughs> uh, you know, seriously, they're like, one story that immediately popped to mind when he asked that question. This is back when I was playing. And and uh, back when I was playing, it was sophomore through senior. And I earned the varsity starting quarterback job as a sophomore. This is the first game. And I kind of beat out a guy that was a senior. And so the seniors weren't real happy that the coach had gone with this young guy and blah, blah, blah. And I made a huge mistake in the very first game on the very first series. I threw an interception and a guy on the other team ran it back a hundred yards for a touchdown. And I'm like, I'm looking for a way to crawl off the field because I get to feel these older guys looking at me going, see coach, you shouldn't have done that. He can't get it done. And so I was running with my head down and I, and I bumped into somebody as I was running off the field and it was the coach. And he looked me in the eye and says, you know what you did wrong, don't you? And I said, yeah. And I, I should have rolled out. I didn't. And that's what led to it. And he goes, and I said, yeah, I should have rolled out. And he goes, yeah. And then he got a big grin on his face. And he goes, I know it'll never happen again because I believe in you. So that, when I was at my lowest point, he lifted my spirits. Mm. So that's, so I think that's, that's something that, when we see somebody that's suffering, that's, you know, you know, they're wounded. 
you know, mm-hmm. what can you do to lift their spirits and, and help them believe in themselves again? And then, you know, like 1994 buffs at Michigan, they're down, final play, Cordell throws it, Blake tips it into the wedding arms of Michael Westbrook, the miracle of Michigan. You know, that's a perfect lesson. Don't ever give up. As long as there's seconds on the clock. Yes. You know, and that's that's kind of what I'm, with this disease I have now, you know, um, it's, it's just my, it's in my DNA. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna give up. You know, I'll, I'll die trying to arrest amyloidosis because I think that's just something. So you learn so many different lessons of uh, knowing the importance of having others believe in you, you know, uh, knowing the importance of never giving up, knowing the importance of 1989 Colorado Buffaloes team. They lost their starting quarterback, Salonesi, to cancer. He died, and then they had to come together one heartbeat. So, you know, you got to come together, you know. I, you know, I could, I could write about six books just on the life lessons I've observed as an athlete, as a broadcaster, you know, because you just, you see it unfold right in front of you. I don't know if I answered your question, but thanks for letting me remember yes. those stories. <laughs> You did, and it's so great to uh, also go down the memory line and extract what was the really pivotal for you. And I, I can't agree with specifically in current times when we're, we see so much and hear so much negativity, how it's beautiful to be remind, reminded of positive and yeah. also outcomes that we truly do have a control. I know that you don't have so much control what is happening with you currently, but you do have so much still that passion, drive. I can hear that in your voice. You're not giving up. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your current situation, your illness, and then how are you dealing on daily basis to persevere and keep going and still give to so many back? Yeah. Um, Well, I was... Last fall, so I'm 65. Last fall, um, you know, I just wasn't feeling that great. And, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life and I've taken care of myself. And I'm for a 65 year old guy, I was pretty good shape. And, uh, but I, I just didn't have the energy and I was not sleeping well. I was getting up to go to the bathroom all the time. You know, I just, I wasn't at the top of my game, but I, I was still doing everything I do. I just was, you know, Playing hurt, I guess, is what to say. Yes. And so I went to my doc and and um, we thought maybe it was just old man problems. You know, I'm all 65, I'm getting old, not sleeping. And so we thought it was prostate related. So uh, I was put on some prostate reduction medication that it was a misdiagnosis, which is another story that we'll get into now. But um, so I'm... I'm taking this prostate reduction medication for about three and a half months. And just one day I'm still losing weight. I'm still not feeling top of my game and all that kind of stuff. And uh, here in Denver, I live in the Cherry Creek North area. And so I got a local gas station where I, I was stopping there, fill up. And when I'm filling up, I walk in and I give grief to the guys that run the place and they give grief back. We're just buddies, you know? So 
when I stop, I'm filling up the car with gas. I walk inside and my buddy Steve at Circle Conoco, he goes, you look like, you know, your face is falling off your head. And I could tell he was serious, you know, and, and so, you know, I filled up, I left, but I couldn't get that out of my mind. And it so happens my doctor's office is on the way home from the gas station. So I stopped in there, made an appointment, went back in and saw my doctor and said, you know, this stuff ain't working. And, and so he did a, a, a more uh, uh, detailed evaluation and said, there's nothing wrong with your prostate. So they did a bunch of tests and the test, the blood test revealed my kidneys were failing. We're like, whoa, wait a second. You know, what's going on here? This healthy 64 year old guy, suddenly his kidneys, they threw me in the hospital because my creatinine level, which is a real marker for kidney health, was 14. It's like renal failure. So the next thing I know, I'm in the hospital for a week and immediately on chemo and uh, dialysis. And they did further testing that revealed that I have this rare bone marrow disorder called amyloidosis. You know, like 3,000 people out of a million get it each year. It's very rare. And, um, and it usually happens to people my age that, um, and it hits your kidneys, your lungs, your liver, your heart. And what happens is these, our body, our barrel bone marrow produces plasma proteins and they go through your body and they keep you healthy. Well, but sometimes they clump together. It's called an amyloid. And then they stick on to your vital organs and like clog them up like a dirty air filter. And so you're, in my case, my kidneys start failing and there's no cure for it. They treat it a lot like these days, like multiple myeloma. And so they hit it with chemo to knock down this amyloid. That's kind of like a blood cancer, but then they also got to address whatever organ they're after. And for me, it was my kidneys. So I have to have this dialysis to keep, if I were not on dialysis today, Isabella, I'd be dead. I've been on dialysis for five months, three days a week. And we're, we're five months into this and we're thinking about going to some different things. I'm looking at some clinical trials, but um, my, so another mission, a calling of mine, I think is um, I'm gonna be a pipe piper for earlier detection of amyloidosis because by the time you learn you got it, quite often it's too late. And so we're looking for earlier detection so you can catch this quicker. So hmm. that's, that's, that's the latest. Sorry to hear that. And as you said, uh, detection, early detection makes huge uh, change. Oh, yeah. But yeah. then given where, where you're at, I just wanted to say I could owe your positivity and your spirits and your drive and desire and still engagement with so many people, organizations you've been part of. I know you've been a huge philanthropic um, giver and supporter uh, and so many different NGOs. I also know you always loved supporting education and educational systems. And now I feel like it's a time to be for us, our community to figure out how to, we can support you on this journey. Wow. Uh, was that a question? Yes. How can we support <laughs> Oh, um, 
Well, the educational stuff is so, uh, and I'll try to keep it brief, but uh, uh, Metropolitan State University here in Denver, it's an inner city school, serves a lot of kids that, you know, uh, of color, not the most advantageous economic background for them and everything. And they, they have a pretty robust sports business area. They got three programs, sports management, sports journalism, and media production, and sports sciences. So kids, you know, they could, they could go to MSU Denver and they could, and to me, that's the business side of sports. You know, I, I, I was a sports guy, but there's sports management, general managers, and all that kind of stuff, marketing, health and performance, the trainers, orthopedic surgeons, blah, 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 the journalism, media. Um, there's a lot of jobs on the business side of sports. So Metro State's got three programs that do a good job that, and we've created what's called the Roadrunner Pathway and we work with school districts uh, that have that type of demographic, a lot of it. And uh, MSU Denver offers free concurrent enrollment classes to these kids so we can get them a head start on college. And if they so choose, and these are general classes, so that they'd apply for any major you want to go for. But if they choose the sports business route, we also can scholarship them in as Herb Brown scholars. I'm the chairman of the Herb Brown Endowment Fund. And so we're trying to raise money to for scholarships for these kids. And another thing that we the Roadrunner Pathway does for these kids is, you know, so we we introduce them at the high school level through our partnerships with these schools and school districts, the business side of sports, and they're getting these free concurrent enrollments. And then we have a speaker series. We bring in people from the sports industry and talk to them like I could talk to them about, you want to travel the world on somebody else's dime and cover sports? That's what I, now, unfortunately, they don't do that as much anymore at the local level. I I, I was very blessed that I, I, I kind of, looking back, I, I might've been part of the industry in its heyday. I mean, Channel 4 here in town, big yeah. sports event. I was on a plane going somewhere, you know, and, you know, so it was great. But anyway, um, so at the high school level, actually, we start at the middle school level with just working on literacy and communication through the, the lens of sports and uh, journalism tools, you know. And then at the high school, we begin to introduce the concept, the business side of sports. And we say, hey, you take these concurrent enrollment classes, we can get you a semester under your belt because they can't afford it. They think College is out of the reach. And then by golly, if you choose this route, we, you can become an Herb Brown scholar, Herb's mentor of mine. And then we connect them through our Herb Brown Sports Business Conference with industry leaders so that we that can lead to internships and jobs. So that's the Herb Brown Endowment Fund, of which I'm the chair. You ask, how could you help? Um, it's my goal. Uh, uh, you know, by the end of this year, I want to raise a hundred thousand. We got sixty-five. I'm thirty-five thousand shy of my goal for this year. And then at the end of the next year, we want quarter of a million. And then in the next year, that end of twenty-five, we want a half a million. And because we're under the Metro State Foundation, we're an endowed fund, so we can only pull out five percent of that. But 
you know, if we get up to a half million dollars here in the next couple of years, we could be giving out $25,000 a year in scholarships to kids mm -hmm. here locally that maybe thought that college was so far beyond their reach. But we come in with the Roadrunner Pathway, Metro State's Roadrunner Pathway, and uh, we dare these kids to dream that they can wow. do it. That is so beautiful in any circumstances, but specifically right now, as you are obviously dealing with so much personally going on, you still think how to give to others and diverting from yourself. <laughs> to make a, trying to make a huge difference in impact. I will definitely make sure when we release this for everybody to get the link and take some action and obviously yeah. be able to contribute because uh, I, I, I can't agree more with you because uh, dealing with a lot of people that are being underprivileged from different social economics backgrounds uh, that came either as immigrants or were already obviously part of the United States to uh, edu educational systems that felt like, as you said, don't have a brighter future those initiatives like you are talking about and standing so passionately behind it, huge change maker. If those kids will be self-destructive, if those kids will end up being uh, dealing with uh, having issues based on point of entry, what is going to be exposed to them as opportunity yeah. career path. Point of entry, I love that. I mean, because just like the guys a Stronger Chord works with, when you get to know them, yes. their backgrounds, I, I can't tell you how many times I said, I just admire you're still trying. I'd have probably blown my head off a long time ago. It, but you're daring them to dream. And the same thing for these kids. So many of these kids grow up and I, I had the blessing. I look back on it. You know, I, I think nothing happens by accident. I think it's kind of, you know, a higher power preparing me for the work I do. But my first TV job was right down on the Mexican-American border in Harlingen, Texas. 95% of the population down there was Hispanic. Half didn't even speak English. And here comes this gringo from Kansas City, Missouri. You know, I didn't speak a lick of Spanish, but I loved my two years down there. And then I came to Denver, but I saw poverty on a level I had never seen before. You know, I grew up in suburban Kansas City. Mm. And then I go down there I did a story on a family of eight that lived in a cardboard shack. Mm. No running water, no electricity, no nothing. And this was the United States of America. And I was like, holy smokes. And so it is forever imprinted on my heart that there's some kids that they grow up in such survival mode they, there's no room in their souls to dream. But that's where we've got to come along and go, hey, guess what? Yes. You know? Yes. I love, again, who you are, what you stand for, because, again, your track record in philanthropic arena, it's been so well known in, in our community, in our circles. And just the fact that you would, what are you dealing on personal level, continue to push this forward and leverage and use your voice and your platform and your relationships to better and make it better for others. I, I just don't even know what to say. I, I'm beyond 
always was impressed, but I'm also beyond grateful for, for spirit in you that, that continues to serve and show up. That's, that's I know that is tough and it's hard from your own personal, again, perspective as well. When we look at that, do you mind sharing for everybody that is dealing with some challenges that as they, as they're, as you, that are permanent, that they know that um, as a result, it's altering life situation. What would you suggest and recommend? Because we see people too quickly giving up on simple, smaller things, little yeah. ones, yeah. as complicated and complex as that mark. Yeah. So, and they feel helpless. I know yeah. you mentioned how important it is to have a great inner circle, but I also believe you build yourself up in such amazing perseverance and strength. Your mm. your grace, your grit, it's it's just absolutely astonishing. And and how did you do that? Well, you know, I, I think, um, and again, I'm not a religious guy, but I am, I believe in a higher power and I, my faith, you know, I, I, I don't know how people and, you know, I, a strong record, we're all about, hey, we're all a bunch of knuckleheads. Doesn't mean black, white, brown, living in a mission, living in a mansion, living on Main Street, believe in a higher power or not, doesn't matter. We all are a bunch of knuckleheads. But I personally could not imagine going through life without faith because so many things happen. Like, you know, the latest being the amyloidosis. I thought, what? Never heard of it. What is it? I'm, you know, I'm 64 years old. I'm healthy. You know, I've got longevity ahead of me. And it's like, there are so many things, and this is in Proverbs, where it says there's so many things so often that you cannot lean on your own understanding. What? Okay, no. Divorces, job layoff. I still to this day, and it, it, it's heartwarming. Um, you know, I, I'm still fairly recognizable around town, and, and uh I'll be out of Target or something, especially like the buffs are doing really good. So everybody wants to talk about the buffs and they see me <laughs> and they associate back to the great days of buffs, you know? <laughs> so they want to talk about the buffs. How about those buffs? You know? So I, I'm sure I love talking about it. But they go, why aren't you doing sports anymore? You know, they, you know, they eliminated my job. The industry was changing, you know? I didn't ask for that. But there's so many things that I think happen in our lives that you know we can't lean on our understanding. At least I, I can't. So I just I just have to I just have to believe that God's got a plan for me. And it's a plan, and this is in Jeremiah. So I'm a big fan of the wisdom of the Bible. Mm. So this is so this is how I do it. Uh, you know, I, this is the bedrock, I think, of everything. Uh, and thank you for the very kind words. Um, I think the the ability to do that is rooted in my faith. Yes. You know, that that these things happen and I go, okay, <laughs> really? But I'm going to choose to believe. And, and I think it is a choice. I'm going to choose to believe, God, that you've got a plan for this. And it's a plan to prosper and not harm me, to give me hope and a future. That's for those scoring at home. That's 
Jeremiah 29, 11. <laughs> you know? uh, so, so I, I guess I, I have a, like a, a handful of verses from the Bible that are just, you know, just kind of the, the, just the foundation of my life. And then I'm a big fan of the Jewish carpenter, Jesus. You know, and some people call him uh, the master rabbi and the great teacher and whatever else, Lord, Savior. He's, to me, and this is my athletic background coming out, he's the greatest coach who ever lived. This guy was cool under fire. You know, there's nobody I'd rather have under center. You know, John Elway orchestrated many a great drives, but, I, you know, so I, I just, I admire the way Jesus, the man, lived his life. And, and so I, I try in, in uh, Galatians 5, 22, 23. I didn't, you know, I, I hope I'm not offending anybody by talking about this because no, please. that's kind of the world we live in today. You know, I got to sit there and kind of apologize for talking about scripture. But, no. um, well, I don't have to, you're right. You know, but I, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to. Um, please, please share because uh, the, the wisdom, the 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 faith, the all those strengths, inner strengths. When we know that we can go through our own, those mm -hmm. beliefs are extremely important because those not only get us uh, going, but also help us to find the inner strength when we feel like we yeah. are defeated. Yeah, and so. <laughs> Galatians 5, 22, 23, my wife would be going, oh my God, you didn't start talking about that too, did you? Like, you're boring people to death. Because uh, <laughs> she's heard it, you know, she's heard it all the time. But Galatians 5, 22, 23, it talks about the fruits of the spirit. You know, to, to me, you know, that means, uh, this is how this dude kind of lived his life. You know, there's nine love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That's what it says about his spirit. So I try to believe that uh, God's got a plan. I, I can't lean on my own understanding. And I'm just going to try to face whatever comes ahead. And we all got our stuff. We're all going to get today. Every day we get it. What? What? Come on. Just this. You know, this is part of what a stronger chord when we're talking to these guys that are coming out of prison. They're coming out of recovery programs. We're dragging them off the streets. Um, well, we don't literally drag them off the streets, but we're trying to lure them in. You know, we're trying to recruit them I'm like yeah. a football coach. I'm not recruiting. You know. Um, is just choose, choose love, joy, peace, patience, you know, like self-control. Imagine how our lives would be different if we could just start with the first and the last. Choose love and self-control, knowing against such things there is no law. Mm, Who's in? Who's in? You know, but, you know, let's go. <laughs> Any other questions? Let's go. Let's go out and play the second half here. You know, we that so that was a very long-winded answer to your question. I think that for me, 
you know, and, and, and you know, it, it, it warms my heart to, you know, people talking, man, you've been through a lot, but you just keep coming out of the, you know, you keep charging out of the foxhole and it's my faith. And so powerful. Yeah. And, and this latest one, the, uh, where's my, looking around for my water, but I can't find Um, so when I find out I got amyloidosis, I'm like, okay, all right, no cure. Um, maybe I can have a bone marrow transplant, maybe kidney transplant in five years, but you know, it's, it's going to shorten your life. We, um, my wife and I, you know, we meet once a year with our financial planner and here's how you did. And, you know, they time it out to 95 and she finds out that I've got this rare bone marrow disorder. She goes, oh, you're down to 80. Like, whoa, just chop 15 years off my life. You know, the actuary tables do. You know, because I have a, at this time, non-curable, rare bone marrow. It was, you know, going to shorten my life. Well, who knows? We'll see. You know, you're not going to without a fight. I know, I know yeah, that. that. That game is far from over. Uh, I agree with you. And, and that is back to the, what you said early. I, even those last few seconds before a game is over, pay attention because you can still score. Innovation is happening. A lot of research is happening. And who knows? But when we're defeated, of course, we know guaranteed nothing is going to happen. Yep. But I just love that you are leveraging so much your fate and your sports analogy and all the great knowledge to really continue to champion yourself every day. Because I can tell you are your, your biggest champion. And then everybody, the champion around you, that is also beautiful. But if we don't believe internally in what others are saying, it's not going to ever make a difference, right? Yeah. Is that what you mean by saying that, that there's no bigger champion of me than me and because of what's inside of me? Exactly. Because that kind of sounds arrogant to me. No, you know. it's not. It's not because that is the real, real, real thing. Because when you are by yourself within your own space, nobody else, no other sounds or no other interventions could truly get there because ultimately you still deal with yourself, right? And and those moments uh, based on my work and people in similar yeah. situation, all of those that have the most perseverance were the ones that truly never gave up and 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 as a result beat all the odds and continue to carve the paths and trail the blazes like you've been doing all your life so this uh, is yeah. just another way of of you shining and showing what is possible mark uh i apologize for getting emotional but uh don't apologize it it takes me back to my childhood. I was very fortunate to grow up in a soup that I've talked about before. That, you know, it, it it's second nature for me. And, and I and I do also think that we all are born with gifts. You know, I, as much as I want to be Billy Joel, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> You know, um, you know, so I think we all have gifts, whether, you know, it's a gift of encouragement. It's a, I think my gift is encouragement. Yes. And so I think 
the soup I grew up in kind of combined with my gifts of athleticism and encouragement. Um, this this comes natural, you know, it's natural for me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes, it's in your DNA and you can yeah. It and it shows and 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 definitely shows and lifts up and lifts me just listening to you. Mm. However, I feel sorrow and sadness. I also feel like it's so much hope in there. And I just want you to say uh to know and everybody watching and listening, um, it's shows that true uh spirit, uh, as I call it Olympic spirit or just true spirit of champion. Champion mm. doesn't give up because it's been defeated or just because it's dealing with the hardship and continues to find the way and continues to uh, adjust and pivot. And that is what's really what happening so clearly here. And you're doing some tremendous work and showing what is possible for others. Well, you know, thank you. I mean, that's my wife would be saying, "Stop it! He's got a big enough as it is." <laughs> um, um, but you know, but it. I, I think it. It. In all honesty, Isabella, like I, I, I read your story, and I so admire. I mean, what, what? That's where you know, it's, as an old journalist. Now I'm answering the questions instead of getting asked the questions. <laughs> and, and but I, I admire because you all inspire me. And, you know, like, you know, it's like a, a you know, it's a, it's a, we're a team of of uh, for whatever reason. Um, you know, I think that's just what we're kind of called to do. Uh, and and so I, I draw strength from getting to know people like you. And and then I just think this is. You know, I'm 65 now. Um, I, I kind of feel like I've, all these sports analogies I love to throw out there, but uh, I'm kind of, I'm starting the fourth quarter, and uh, our financial planner already cut 15 years out of my life. I'm down to 80. I I got to get busy. I got to get busy living. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yes, and that's a great attitude. And, and it's not about the length, it's about quality, right? And how full and rich and, and satisfying life it is and being on the purpose. And you've been on the purpose. And this purpose, I'm sure it's even more refined. So when I mentioned earlier, you lived your legacy, you led with your legacy, and you're leaving so much richness just from your previous careers. So my question to you in the closing for everybody watching and listening, what would you like to be remembered and known in this fourth quarter? And this gets back to my faith. Being obedient. Mm. I, I think. And so obviously I draw great strength from the wisdom of the Bible. I know the Bible can be controversial for some people, and I don't agree everything in there. So, um, But there's just certain things. And for this journey with amyloidosis, uh, Romans 12, 12, Paul's in prison. The early believers in Rome are getting roughed up. It's not going the way they planned. You know, hey, we're preaching love. These people are... You know, <laughs> They're beating us up. And they're, they write to Paul and they're complaining. 
And Paul writes back and says, basically, get over yourself. Mm -hmm. Figure out a way to find joy and hope. And meeting people like you, hearing about clinical trials, blah, 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 give me hope, right? Be patient with affliction. I got to be patient with what I'm up against and have faith in prayer. Mm. And that's what it says. And, wow. and so, so I think, you know, for me, it's, I just go, boom. I, I just, um, but that, I, I know that's just me. And I don't know if I answered the question, but, um, you know, I just think that I'm trying to be obedient to what, um, I think I'm being called to do, and I know that you know, I'm not getting, I'm not trying to get all squirrely with people here, but you know, I think, uh, you know, like I was chosen to be the quarterback when I was young, or you know, I think we're just we're we're called to do certain things, and I think I'm being called to encourage people to to believe that we can overcome life's obstacles. That we can do education a little better. We can we can deal with uh, displaced men better. We got too many displaced men in our communities. Um, and I, I think to be obedient to that, and you know, and I have to get better at uh, saying no. If it doesn't fit into those things, that, you know, I wish the best of luck. So I was like, great idea, but I ain't got the bandwidth because mm -hmm. you know you can be people pleasers, as you know, you have trouble saying no, yeah. and and all the while, oh by the way, I've got a non-curable bone marrow disease that I have to have dialysis every night for nine hours. You know, I I I have to get more discipline with. Mm. Yes, and that is also taking so much uh, of your time. And you also need to give your body time to rest, your mind to rest, and do things that you can to um, be able to navigate the current state because the, you were just uh, fresh into this new diagnosis. And, new, and, 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 and again, you were adopting extremely well. Yeah. Um, so for everyone watching and listening, how important it is to accept, to acknowledge, but not to defe get defeated with what that outcome might be. So, yeah, I so it, but again, I think, uh, and that's why I, I would just say, you know, keep a healthy attitude toward this, okay? All right, uh, maybe this is a wake up call to get in better shape because I'm very lucky that I don't have anything else going on. Mm. The healthy 64 year old that suddenly got this but unfortunately, a lot of the people, a lot of the, my buddies at dialysis, they're not so lucky. You know, they might be have you know weight issues. They might have diabetes. They they've got other stuff going on that makes an already difficult job even more difficult. Because what I'm learning is, so I got two things. I got chemo trying to knock down this amyloid, but then it's damaged my kidneys. So I've got my kidney team. And sometimes what's best for the kidneys ain't good for the chemo, you know? And so you, you're constantly, and so a lot of people, you know, you, you get something like this and, and it's already on top of all the other things you got. That is so it's true. Complicated. Yes. 
So everybody watching and listening again on Legacy Leader Show, uh, this is uh, obviously opportunity to hear and, and uh, practice amazing wisdoms we have chance to explore in Mark. But also for anybody who wants to support you beside, obviously you're going to provide the links for university, for the fundraiser you were mentioning, anything that they can do personally to support you or get the word out uh, of your current condition or ways that they can support yeah. you on this journey, where would you like them to contact you? Uh, you know, social media is probably the easiest, uh, you know, LinkedIn or Facebook, I'm going you know, to shoot me or you can shoot me an email, Mark, M-A-R-K, at seek, S-E-E-K, victory.com. That's Victory Productions is my company that kind of came up with Strong Accord, and now we're doing this educational stuff. And, you know, it's where I've written four books. I've just, for last 20 years, kind of on the side, I've just been trying to encourage people. Life will poke you in the eye, you know, just encouraging people to persevere, but you can get in touch with there, mark at seekvictory.com. And I'd love, love to talk to you and encourage you. And, and um, you know, because I, again, I just think that's, it, it's almost like being a sportscaster. You know, it's like, okay, I got to travel the world. Somebody else, <laughs> I get, I get, I, you know, I get to do this the rest of my life you know what a blessing that's not a, that's not a job mm. you know that that's that that's um it's calling definitely you know to to kind of be a, a comeback coach um you know and just encourage individuals and groups that you know we can we can overcome mm. and persevere and that's the hard part because you know, uh, when you get poked in the eye, it's you know it's it ain't easy. It's not easy. Thank you. You know, uh, and I I just love your story too. I, you know, I just I like to write about people like you because you. need. And that's like with back to amyloidosis. So I think I'm being called to get the word out and earlier detection. And so for people out there, that if you're undergoing, we're starting to learn, you know, things. And one of them is that we know it goes after your major organs, you know, heart, liver, lungs, kidneys. But also if, if you're kind of prone to orthopedic stuff, like, oh man, my knee, now I got a hit. The underlying issue might be amyloidosis mm. because it goes after tissues and stuff like that. And so but it's so hard to detect. So what we're encouraging people to do, if, if you're planning on that type of surgery, you know, like, yeah, finally I got to get that hip replaced or I got to get this knee or whatever. When they're digging around in there, have them do some pathology on some of your tissue to see if you have amyloidosis. Because that might be the underlying problem. Mm. Yeah, so you got to you got to knock it down before it starts spreading anywhere else. Like it went after my kidneys, mm. but you got to keep your eye on it at all times because it might try to go somewhere else. Absolutely. 
and do its destruction. So that's, again, you know, just try to get the word out to people about what, what this thing is. And the earlier we catch it, the better. Because in my case, by the time we caught it, my kidneys were beat up. And we're, we're still trying to save them. We're kind of, I, I describe it, it's kind of like, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine. The Ukrainians are fighting back. <laughs> and, and we're trying to fight back, you know. Amyloidosis is the Russians. We don't like them. We don't like them. We don't want them to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's they're not winning. <laughs> no, no. And, and so that's kind of the attitude. You know, the, the team Macintosh, that's what we got toward, you know, we're the Ukrainians. We're fighting back. We'll, we'll try just about anything you got, you know. Resilient and 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 stubborn. <laughs> well, there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity, and I I go back and forth across it often. But yeah, I mean, and then like learning about these clinical trials and and stuff that you know, um, I don't want to sound morbid, but that you know, I will die trying to help find earlier detection because mm -hmm. listen, listen. these are game changers, man. You know, like it right now at best, I've got to have moving on to the next phase of this. I got to have dialysis every night while I sleep, which is good, but for like nine hours. Mm, yeah, the, the, that is a long work. process to clean your blood and everything else. And, yeah, and, and my kidneys, my kidneys are shot. That you know, they say doing it on a consistent basis instead of three times a week, like I've been doing that. It, you know, it's easier on your body. It's better for you. It gives you more energy. My wife says he doesn't need any more energy. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but it's every night for like nine hours. And so like from eight o'clock till six o'clock, I just, you know, I'm just plugging in. Mm, that's a lot of strength and perseverance alone. And then being able to do, do those regiments and show again, as you said, when you're patient, when you go with the flow, when you accept things, when you're working towards healing and the best outcomes you can and uh, slowing things down that needs to be slowed down and hopefully completely eliminated soon. It's important to have not only the mindset, but also to truly give yourself time and, and give yourself opportunity to do that. So, and, and I think respect your opponent. And I think that's another thing that I learned through athletics. And, and usually the greatest victories were over respected opponents, you know, because that was a big game. Mm. It's a big game. And, and so to understand that I have within me and, and until they come up with a cure and they may never, but I have within me something that wants to kill me. So I have to respect that opponent, mm. you know, with, with the lifestyle choices I make, diet, keep myself in shape, no other existing conditions. And, and if you got one, maybe lose 20 pounds so that you, mm -hmm. you know, don't have diabetes anymore or whatever. But um, 
you know, just to respect my opponent. Because, and we all, I guess we all kind of have opponents, right? We, we got mm -hmm. things that if we allow it, can get us, it might be. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.